hear you say, uh, 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 uh. This ain't no motherfucking people. What's going on, Redskins Nation? This is your boy, Keith. <clears throat> Coming to you live from my mother's basement once again. It's a nice, cozy basement. Uh, also, we have uh, our good friend Zeke on the show. What's going on, Zeke? Not much. Coming to you live from my barn. <laughs> fucking farmer. I can't believe I fucking chat Redskins talk with a goddamn farmer. Hey man, I I just I, I just out here trying to make a little hay when the sun shines. <laughs> uh, and also we, we also we have on the line with us uh, the originator, the dominator. I don't know if that makes any sense, but uh, the grandfather of BBU Burgundy Band are unfiltered. Brandon, what is going on, man? I'm so happy that you're able to get on tonight. What's going on, man? What's up, buddy? I, you can call me the Dominator because I love some dominoes and I look like a grandpa, so it fits. The Dominator Grandpa is a uh, is a new nickname, but uh, I'm happy to be on with you guys, man. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, absolutely, definitely. Well, uh, gentlemen, um, this week was a little rough. Uh, a little rough. There wasn't really a lot of topics going on. I kind of had to wait till last minute to uh, come up with uh, some potential discussion, and I'll have to say it didn't. It didn't quite uh, fail. Um, I did see uh, a lot of Haskins uh, tweets today, and it kind of uh, poked my brain a little bit. And uh, Zeke brought up some, uh, you know, good points earlier when him and I were talking today. So. Uh, let's start off, man. Let's uh, let's get into some Haskins talk. Um, saw a lot of tweets today uh, about Haskins, and uh, I feel like, and I want your guys' opinion on this. Why is it today, uh, in today's society, today's world, it's either win all or bust with Haskins? Um, you know. Zeke, you and I have talked about this in the past, um, and I know you have some insight. So, you know, answer that question. Give me some insight on what you think. Well, I mean, at least from my my opinion, uh, I think the NFL, the 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 NFL culture, you know, as a whole, like I, I feel like it, you know the the Joe Flacco, Matt Ryan, you know, that that. To me, if I remember right, it, that was like when the – because, you know, up till that point, you know, quarterback – rookie quarterbacks were not expected to come in and win. It just didn't happen. And a lot of times, the higher the, higher the guy went, there, there was plenty of cases where dudes sat, you know, their first year no matter what. And so we get, we get to this era of football where rookie quarterbacks are coming in and you got coaches more willing to, you know, tailor fit offense to get them ready – 
get them on the field, you know, as quickly as possible. Because when you take a high, high round, you know, quarterback, that's everybody expects when you spend a first round pick on a quarterback that that's going to be the quote unquote franchise guy. And I, I, I'm, I'm guessing because of the nature of the NFL in that respect, you know, the Pat Mahomes, of course he did fit a year, but you know, like, I mean, the dude came in even at the end of that, you know, uh, that, that, Alex Smith's last run with the Chiefs, and he—I mean, didn't he throw like five touchdowns? I, I say didn't he? I'm—he—he he blew up at the end of the season and just carried right on over into you know the season before last, and then obviously, you know, Super Bowl, Super Bowl uh, champion now. But these guys are winning quick, and I think fan bases just like they—they they want results quickly, uh, really quickly, and I—I I think it's fucking retarded, like through its core that, you know, you can't just have this freaking bar. Okay, the quarterback's got to check all these boxes, blah, blah, blah. Every guy's different. Every guy goes about it in a different way. I mean, you can now say checking boxes. I mean, obviously, you know, the hardworking deal. But, I mean, it's so much of it's cliche. I, I don't give a shit when they get to the building or when they leave. That Just as long as that's when they're there. They're absorbing, learning, and wanting to get better. I like it. Sometimes I think people get too damn carried away with that shit, polarize every single freaking thing that this kid says or does because he was a you know high first round draft pick. And I mean, I know there's plenty of people that feel that way too, and there's probably plenty of people that say that what I just spouted out was complete and utter nonsense. But that's what we're here for nonsense. Go ahead, Brandon. Um, as far as the winning now thing, I think that's – I definitely think it is – it's kind of weird for me if you think about it. A few years ago, before this new CBA, rookie quarterbacks like Max Stafford, when he was drafted number one overall, I think he got like $70 million, something crazy like that before they did the rookie pay scale. And he, he was given a long leash, and now these guys are cheap, and they're not given much leash. So, to me, it's kind of more of a representation of just our society. We want everything now. We're – we're instant society, you know what I mean? Whatever you want, you can Google it. You don't have to fucking read a book anymore. You know, just everything we want is now. Like, I'm sure Zeke, as a farmer, if he could plant some corn and fucking blink, and then he actually was able to fucking harvest it and sell it, he'd be like, fuck yeah, I want that. But, you know, it's just it's just silly. It's, it's kind of silly to have unrealistic expectations. Um, I don't know. You know, these, these QBs, he was given, he was put in such a horrible spot. Like, he was being drafted to a guy who didn't want to coach you and then giving you no reps and then being thrown in without practice reps that week just as kind of like a, hey, look, I told you this guy sucks. You know, his whole rookie year, people in this fan base wanted to give Josh Rosen a pass for his rookie year. I think we need to give uh, Haskins a pass for his rookie year. I, I think fans do, but I don't think media will. Um, I don't know. I think do you media think that- some unfair expectations. Do you think that the the fans do? Because I feel like it's, I, I mean, I could be totally wrong. You know, this is just guesstimation, but I, I feel like it's uh, 50-50 with the fans. I feel like there's a lot of fans uh, uh, that feel like because he was a, you know, first-round you know first round pick that uh, he should be coming in and, and uh, showing more than what he has. You know, being that he was a right. first-round pick, uh, people were questioning should he have been a first-round pick. Um, you know, there's the the, well, the negative, you know, side to that. 
let me tell you this, Keith. These people are the same people who will see one or two people do something out of a 10 or 15-person sample size and say, look, this one or two people did it. We should do what these one or two people do. Because if you look at QBs who start year one, there is far and few less rookie phenom QBs than there are other guys. You know what I mean? There's, there's tons of guys who have came out and struggled. But we just seem to, and like you said, because of this situation, because he's our first-round pick, you know, Redskins fans are fans, and I'm sure it's just like every other fan base, but I get on us sometimes because we set these unrealistic expectations. Like you said, he's a first-round rookie. Why aren't we winning the playoffs with him now? It's like, Jesus Christ, guys, we won three games last year. You know, Ron's building yeah. up the depth, yeah. and you guys are crying that we're not signing every free agent on the street. Yeah, I think that's the thing that bothers me the most is uh, because when you look in past history, you see some of these college QBs that that come out and start right away. Uh, They've had, you know, piss poor uh, first two seasons at least. I mean, uh, you know, Peyton Manning comes to mind. Troy Aikman, I believe, comes to mind. Uh, Brett Favre wasn't elite, you know, when he first came out. Uh, I believe he was in Tampa. He was traded. Uh, Right, right. Brett Favre was traded for the Falcons. People forget that. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And, and I feel like why is the patience, why was the patience different then uh, to now? Can't quite understand that one. Quite. Yeah, I can't yeah. either. It makes no That's sense. It just, it's, it's... Well, let me ask you guys this then. Um, you know, with that being said, uh, a, a lot of these uh, guys that do get drafted um, – you know, I, I think one of the biggest struggles in the NFL is to actually find um, elite QBs. Or are they groomed to being elite, which I think is more than anything else. There's some, you know, rare occasions. But why is it such a struggle to find, even coming out of college right away, elite quarterbacks um, in this league? Um, what's your thoughts on that? Go ahead, Zeke. Go ahead, Brandon. You you, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, I, I mean, I, I guess uh, it, it, each situation is always different, you know, with coaching and talent and what, what the guys have around them and, the you know, the trying to have that security blanket, whatever, you know, for different people, that means something totally different. But I, it's it's – it's unre it's it's unrealistic to expect these guys to come from college, and you know they're you know some some of those big schools obviously have some competitive games, but more more times than not they're seeing these you know they're they're clearly you know head and shoulders above you know the opposing team from whatever small school they are, and you know these guys light them up and you know it doesn't always translate to the NFL because you know the NFL is you know, that's where the big boys play you know they're they're not uh, – I mean, every guy at every position, even whether, you know, fans can sit on Twitter and talk about how much the realistic and real answer to all that is these guys are playing in the NFL, which means they're some of the best fucking athletes in the world, even if they're on the lower end of what some of the premier players are. Obviously, there's some guys that are more gifted than others, but, man, I, yeah, fan bases can be wild with that, and, and the media does not help it. The media stokes that shit, and especially in this town, you know, you've, you've pretty much – it's a handful of guys that I would call respectable and, you know, put out good shit, and then there's, you know, a whole shitload more that work at 106.7 who are just all at. 
What do you think, Brandon? Uh, as far as I have, I agree with what Zeke is saying, but I have a little bit of an outsider take on that. Go figure. I think, you know, I try to think outside the box. And uh, what the reason I think there's no elite QB play right away, I think it's actually coming. But I do think that it's, it's a multiple, multifaceted, of course, everything's never, nothing is ever just one thing. But within college, you know, your offensive coordinator is holding up a picture of fucking Lee Corso and your whole offense knows what to do. You know what I mean? Here in the NFL, they're so antiquated and they're so set in their ways. You know, these guys are coming from a, a system where they go can, you know, call out a few numbers and everyone on the team knows what to do to Jay Gruden system where they got to call out spider two Y banana. And then you got to call up a backup audible and all this other bullshit, you know, granted in 1970, you might've needed that stuff. Now the game's played a little bit faster. So I think part of it is the struggle of coaches who are in the NFL to kind of adapt that scheme. But I do think it's happening because in college, the thing always between college and the pros was always, all right, these guys run a spread offense, da, 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 da. You, you got to spread the ball out more. You actually have a bigger field in college, so you have more room to work with. It was always felt that those concepts wouldn't work in the NFL because of smaller field. Guys are bigger, faster. You don't necessarily get the same – like everything is not as open. And that's kind of the second point that I was going to go to is the level of competition. You know, these guys in college, depending on where they go, they might play a few good, you know, top five or top ten teams, but they're not playing NFL talent every single week you know they may be facing two or three guys in a defense you know who are might go into the nfl at any given time but when you get to the nfl you're you know that 11 on 11 is big boy time so there is a transition there i think you know with the size and the speed of the game so i think that's part of the struggle and then the coaches uh you know most coaches unwillingness to adapt their system to their players strengths like you guys mentioned andy reed coming in with Mahomes and I think Andy Reid he everyone knows he's a QB whisperer and I think the thing behind a QB whisperer what that is a synonym really is for is someone who can build to their player strengths you know well hell he you're really he, good. Re- he resurrected he resurrected Alex Smith's career right because he because if you can if you can identify what someone can do well and then build your system to that why can't you win there's plenty of different ways to win. You know, it's a copycat league, so there's always these in-vogue trends that people try to jump on. Play to your strengths. Do your team. Do what you do well. You know, who cares if, you know, like, I'm excited about 4-3. I know I might be going off topic here, but I'm excited about the 4-3 because guys are going to be able to play fast instead of having to worry about which gap to split or do I got to read this guy. Or kick the ass of the person in front of you every play, and good things will happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. I think when you break it down simple for yeah. that and you can make it, you know, play the guy's strengths, I think that helps the transition. But back to kind of wrapping it up, back to your question about elite QB talent, I think it's the lack of coaches' willingness to build around them. Some do it better than others. And also the transition between, like, the speed of the game. That's why you get a guy like Jake Locker, who in college looked decent, drafted early, but when big boy pants came on, he shit him. Yeah. Now, I I I raised I raised this uh question. I think it was uh last season. Um and I'm a firm believer of it. I was actually surprised at the reactions that I got uh from people when I tweeted it out. I personally feel like a rookie quarterback comes in and sits for at least 2 years actually has something to gain from that. And I was 
kind of surprised at the overwhelming response where people were like, no, if he's the quarterback, if he's first round, he should be able to go in. He should be prepared. He should be able to do this, do that. And I was, I was shocked at that because I feel like what happens with these college guys is, is they come in, um, the game is stupid fast compared to what they were used to in college. Um, I feel like uh, they don't really have anyone sitting down and talking with them, going through uh, progressions of plays uh, when they're, you know, looking at the tablet or they're, uh, you know, or, or the, you know, the papers in front of them and shit. I don't even know if they look at those anymore. I remember they used to flip the pages. Now I guess they're just doing tablets, but um, you know, and there's also, you know, there's just, there's not a lot from what it looks like is, is that it, it could potentially be a dog eat dog world in that position. And not a lot of your QBs are going to go out of their way um, to help somebody, especially if their spot just got taken or if they came in, you know, thinking that they were going to be the number one guy, but they lost in, you know, competition. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, background stuff that goes on that is never really uh, brought to attention or discussed. I just always feel like when you see QBs who sit for at least a year to two years, they, they come out and they have a knowledge you know, of the game, they understand how fast it is, and they have guys who are helping them learn while that guy is still in the number one spot. You know what I'm saying? And then there's no animosity going on. I just feel like it's almost a better situation. Um, you know, but these days it's so much different with, you know, uh, bringing in these, you know, bringing in these guys, starting them right away because you're desperate, you need a quarterback. Um, you're hoping that this guy can, you know, be elite. Um, sometimes it works. Most of the time it doesn't, in my opinion. I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me to show it, but I off the top of my head can't name too many that can do that. So uh, I, I guess, you know, asking you guys, you know, Zeke, and I'll start with you, um, do you see a benefit of guys sitting or do you think that they should be prepared to go in and play immediately? Uh, if, if injuries happen and the guy's forced in onto the field, uh, then I, you know, I see that as, you know, you kind of don't really have a choice, I guess, if injuries force it, but I'm, I, you know, pretty much am with you on that sentiment that, you know, they, they have a lot more, uh, th- there's more to be gained and, you know, redshirting them a year and letting them learn the schedule of the NFL, how to travel, you know, what the, you know, the different nuances of all that, everything that they're going to have to learn and go through for the first time. And these guys are not used to playing football season, 10, 13 games. You know, these guys come in the NFL immediately ratched up and the, the speed, you know, Brandon talked about it a little bit earlier too, that the speed of the game is sometimes really hard for guys to, you know, adjust and quarterbacks are, you know, they're, they have to be the most cerebral player, you know, on the field at all times. And that's, you know, sometimes you put – if a guy's got pressure on him, he's a high draft pick, and everybody's expecting him to save the franchise. You know, he goes – I think more damage can be done running him out there and getting him pummeled as opposed to letting him sit. And, you know, I think the opposite argument would be the Peyton Manning argument where – he talked about, uh, you know, it, all, 
everything he was able to gain from playing early instead of sitting. So I, I'm, I'm more with you on that, though. Uh, you know, I think there's more, more benefit to having them redshirt at, at least one year before they're, you know, put into that pressure, pressure spot. Because, you know, let's be real. If you're drafting a quarterback in the first round, high in the first round, chances are your team sucks. So it's you know they're it's going to be an uphill battle to begin with, and a lot of pressure gets put on these guys when they get thrown out there right away with, you know, basically you know no competition, just okay. Here's the keys to the kingdom. Let's roll. Brandon. Well, you saved your ass, Zeke, with that one-year comment instead of two, because I was about to get into your ass. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> just so you guys know, we all have kids, right? I mean, the three of us, who knows whoever the fuck is listening. If you guys have kids, you can point yep. to fire and tell your kids that that is hot and not to touch it. They will not well, learn first that of all. as well as they will. They will not learn that as well as if they fucking burn themselves. You know how I know that? Because I was that type of way. I was the type of person who had to fucking burn myself to learn fucking lessons. So I do think that there is value to learning from the sidelines. And I think your point, Zeke, about, you know, learning how to travel and stuff like that is valid. But they're going to do that on the bench or a starter either way. He's traveling the team regardless. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But here's the other thing. A year, it really, again, it's a complicated thing. It really depends on your team. You know, some of these guys are drafted – Mahomes was drafted with, you know, hey, you're going to sit for a year. And he was kind of thrust in, and then it was like, oh, shit, you know what? We just got really explosive with this guy. We had tons of playmakers because Alex sucked and we needed him. Now this guy can push the ball down the field? Hell yeah. So, I mean, that's a great situation to be in. But then there's other situations where you're Matt Stafford and you're drafted to the Lions, like you guys said, and you fucking have two or three wins over the course of the years, you know, and that can really – I don't think Matt Stafford got broken from it, but – that could definitely break some players, you know, when they come from a, a program where they're only losing one or two times, and then you lose 12 times your rookie year, you're like, what the fuck? I just lost more than my whole career, my whole life. I just lost it in six months, you know? So that can be yep. tough. But I think, I think you got to throw them out there. I think, well, again, it's complicated, because I didn't want Haskins to be thrown out with Jay because it was clear he wasn't investing in him. But Traditionally, like let's just use Kyler Murray over in uh, with Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona as an example. You know, you get a new head coach, you get a new QB, throw them out there. Hey, we're building this system around you. We're not even going to know how well this system works until we actually see it out on the field. So we got to get you out there doing the things that we think you can do well and go from there. And if the guy gets broken, like, you know, there's a possibility your team's probably going to suck, and you're probably going to have the opportunity to draft another quarterback soon anyways. You know, I think some fans jump on that ship too early. I was pretty upset or let down by a lot of fans who were all in with Tua after a lot of the hype around Haskins when we drafted him. It seemed like fans gave up on him pretty quick. I'm not trying to, you know, ride his dick or anything like that, but, you know, the guy's got talent. Let's see what we can do when we actually give him a shot. It was made clear that the last regime didn't give this guy a shot seems like this regime is going to go with it. But are we just going to give him a shot this year? And then if he doesn't, how how does one measure his success, though? I mean, uh, let's just theoretically say, you know, we win six. Obviously, that was an improvement from, you know, last year's three. But how do we measure Haskins' 
you know, success because it seems like people measure QBs uh, much differently. Me personally, I'm not a stat guy. Never really cared about stats. I want wins. I want to see if our guy can lead our team down and win close games. I want to see our guy uh, sometimes totally, you know, destroy defense, avoid them, and, and, you know, score big. It doesn't happen all the time, uh, obviously, you know, with Redskins. But, um, you know, I want to see a mix. So how do we measure if he was successful compared to last year uh, by only winning six games? I think it's a matter of which uh, – I mean, it, uh, for me, like, uh, you know, I, I guess – and not I know not talk about stats, and I guess they – you know, at the end of the day, wins are all that matters. That's the only stat that can't really matters. But uh, I guess it's in the – like, if, if injuries happen, you start losing guys, you know, and he's I, – I don't – man, it's, it's tough. If he, if he looks terrible, then it's – you know, you – I mean – you're probably thinking, okay, well, we don't we don't want to drag this out. You may have to think quarterback again. I don't know, but hopefully, uh, uh, you know, after the first year and having having some time to uh, you know really think and reflect, and you know all the r- workout videos that he's put out, and I know people are really completely you know soiling themselves over them, and just I which all I some of that stuff's cool to see. I'm not going to hate on it, but I you know I just think sometimes. It's Silly, you know, just uh, you know the little you know TikTok hype videos. But man, these that's what these cats grew. You know, they're these new these younger uh, players. You know, social media they grew up with it. So uh, you know, I, I I try not to be too much of an old head about that uh, and understand that the social media thing doesn't really bother me too much as long as they're not out there acting a complete fool uh, and, you know, blocking, blocking other redskin fans and all that crazy shit. <laughs> but, uh, it, it, yeah, it's, it, man, I, yeah, I well. look, I like the kid and I, he, look, we, the one thing we can say is for me, what I'm excited for this, the, the fact that the kid can make he the off schedule plays that he's capable of making and his art and talent alone, you know, if everything else falls into line and, you know, have it, having a coaching staff that's, Really nurturing you and trying, you know, make, you know, really getting behind you, which they obviously are. Uh, I, you know, I hope we can see some improvement. I don't know what that means in terms of wins and losses, but you know, they could go six and ten, and we all feel really good about Haskins if some of the, you know, holes on, around around him that, you know, if injuries impact where we're already light at, you know, it, it, a lot of it, the quarterback is obviously very important, but he's not the only guy on the field, you know. Uh, Ten other guys have to make it work, uh, so we'll we'll see how it plays out. But uh, it's you could there's a, a million different ways it could happen, and people will you know people will be really happy no matter what, or they'll be really depressed and pissed off no matter what. It doesn't matter what the situation is. That's what I, you know, the fans fans of any fan base. I think man, it's we get we get caught up with the whole Redskin Twitter. Oh man, Redskin Twitter's wild and shit, and it is. It's fucking crazy. But I think every fan base is like that because, you know, every we get crossed up with Eagles fans every now and again, and you see some of the dumb shit they tweet. Like that the, that one kid that was in, in on my timeline like 20 times in a three-day span, uh, 
the kid that was going after Haskins kept going after – some of these Redskins fans just kept feeding the trolls. It's pretty funny. All right, hey, Brandon, before uh, you give your insight, we actually had a call come in, so I'm going to go ahead and take it. You guys ready? Yes, sir. All right, hold on. Let me bring him in. <clears throat> Yo, who do we have on the line? Hey, this is Eric. How's it going? <laughs> dude. Yeah, dude. Ooh, dude. Yeah, hey, dude. I know I was just Ooh. on last week. Yeah. Hey, listen, I know I was just on last week and I was trying to fight the urge, but I- I'm hearing this Haskin talk. I got to give my input, all right? All right, right. Yeah. I love it. Right. I Let's... fucking love it. I fucking all right, listen, listen, guys. All right, loyal listener here. I wanted to speak to you here. Um, the Haskins <laughs> on if he's ready or not. <laughs> we're so funny. <laughs> listen, take me to the. I'm very serious a loyal listener. Nah, I am. Well, we, nah, we, we too. We too. Right we're here. on episode. It's hey, on bro, episode it's three, good, and man, he's talking hear. about loyal listener. <laughs> we yeah, that's it. That's that's yeah, discreet. Yeah, that had that had me. That had me too. <laughs> All right, brother, go ahead, Aaron. All right, straight up, the Haskins or knowing if for how what, what was the question about how how long we keep going with him? Like the man only played. He played under two proof. coaches. How will yeah? But I don't think we can assess anything from what we've seen last year. In my in my opinion, I don't think from the situation that he was in, other than McLaurin, name one person that shined in that situation. I think we have to give him this full year. Let him Morgan Moses. We're going you know, we're going to see some downs and hopefully more ups, but I think we have this is almost his rookie season in my opinion, to to me anyway. This is almost his rookie season. Last year was a wash for everybody. 52 men on that rest, on that roster last year didn't play to their ability, in my opinion. There was one guy who did, and that was McClure, and I think we all can agree on that. But other than, other than that, not one person on that roster, you know? So that's my yeah. opinion. We're just going to wait one more year. Let's see what he has. I'm very disappointed in the people who wanted Tua. I agree with that. I want a quarterback – for 16 years. I want Drew Brees. Why, you know what I mean? Like the same sure. thing. Why wait one year? It's okay. Yeah, the people wait, that want to do uh, so What, what are you saying? Why wait one he's year? Never, he's, he's never going to be cheaper than he is now. We have him for four years and a fifth-year option. Oh, yeah. If Dak Prescott okay. gets $35 million, but in four years from now when Haskins is due for a contract, if he's nearly as – if he's mediocre in four years, QBs are going to be getting four, $40 million. Why wait for so you? So you're saying I'll, yeah, give, I'll, I'll give him all the time in the world. I'll, I'll give him all the time in the world. I'm just saying, like, the people who, who wanted to do this year are crazy. I don't want to talk about quarterbacks. I'm, I'm with you, Brandon. I don't want to talk about quarterbacks in the draft for the next three or four years. Let's see what right. the guys Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Yeah, Let's the get people... a little consistency at the QB, con- uh, at the QB position. If Haskins is the guy or isn't the guy, let's at least try to build a system in place so when that rookie contract is up, we either give him the payday he's earned by that point or we're mm-hmm. in a place to draft him and we've stacked up talent for the last couple of years around him. So, I, I mean, the, the Tua thing pisses me off, man. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. I'm sorry I, I interrupted but, you. But you're, absolutely, but, it, but you're absolutely right, though. Like, I kind of – feel like we might have overdrafted Haskins, though, from what I did see. I'm not saying he's a bust, 
I'm just saying I don't know if he was 17, all right? Um, but now I lost my thought because the wife walked in the room acting silly. Was he? I was wish he could get a face on Kevin. Well, uh, like, like, I, I think we overdrafted him, though, at 17. I don't think he – I don't – do you guys agree or disagree? Can somebody change my mind on that? Do you think that we reached a little bit for him at 17? No. I don't think no, so. Was it, I thought, was, it, was it 17 or was it 15? I can't – It was 15. For some reason, I was thinking it was – 15. It was 15. Okay, I was going to – All right, my I, bad. I was my bad. It, it, yeah. So, but hey, let me, let me answer. That, hold on, hold on, say, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Zeke. Let me answer uh, E's question here. Um, no, I think to me in football, everything is everything is situational, right? So w- what if we would have waited until the second round? There was no guarantee that he would be there. And somebody in the front office, which w- we all know most likely was Dan Snyder um, from, you know, uh, rumored reports, um, felt that he, he was the guy. And I, I look at the situation as could we have risked it and, and, and waited till the second round or third round? I don't even know if we had a second round pick then. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, could we have waited? Traded it up and, for and, Yeah, and yeah, and I mean, can exactly okay. So, could we have waited um, for him? No, I think that once you know that that person's your guy and that is your BPA you know, after the sweat pick, you find a way to get your guy. You don't take any risks. And that's why I just totally did not understand the chemistry between Haskins and Jay Gruden. I did not understand other than obviously somebody was and wasn't on board and so on and so on. You know, somebody in that front office said, that's our guy. And I truly believe you don't take those risks. If you feel that he is your BPA at that moment, you find a way to go get him. So now you go get him. Sadly, he was thrown into a situation where he kind of really wasn't even wanted, which, I mean, uh, you can tell that I'm still butthurt from 2012 and, uh, you know, or 2013, <laughs> 2014, 2015, you know, like that guy wasn't wanted either. So it was almost like, what did Jay Gruden really want? Well, it doesn't matter because he's not our coach anymore. So you kind of just have to, you know, look at the situation. And I truly believe if that's your guy, you go get it. You go get him. But then you find a way to make him, uh, you know, make him ready. If that means he sits for a year, so be it. I was fine with him sitting for a year. Um, I'd almost argue and say sit him for another year as well, especially when you hear reports that he's not NFL ready. I mean, I can't argue if he was or wasn't. And I think people are trying to measure, well, you guys traded up to, you know, to go get him. Why isn't he ready? It doesn't necessarily always mean – huh? No, okay, yeah, no, no, my up. fault, my we, fault. We, we right, we traded up for sweat. Yeah, you're right. We traded hey, for sweat and kept our 15. One little thing. Remember, at the time, it was considered a great value. A lot of people were cheering that he wasn't picked at New York 6, just in hindsight. That's right, because we, we traded – yeah, no, 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 that's fine, because we traded for Flood. That's right. So 15 was our, you know, original pick. And either way, we still got him. Could we have waited? Maybe, maybe not. But like I said, I don't think you, you play that game. I think you get your guy, and you find a way to eventually get him on the field. I, I just felt it was weird that uh, not only did we get our guy, but 
all these reports came out that he wasn't ready. Well, no shit. Rookie quarterbacks aren't ready. Most are thrown to the wolves, and it's either make it or break it, you know, type of deal. Some people can overcome it. Some don't. It's just it's just the way that it works. But I see an advantage to sitting and watching. But if you're watching, you need to have somebody that can also, you know, teach you. We did not have that. So, basically, when, you know, you're thrown out like he was, you know, last year, uh, you're going to get what you get. And then you kind of have to take the pros with the cons and hope that you can build off of that, you know, into the next season, which is why – I'm thankful that Jay Gruden is gone, Ron Rivera's end, because now he can, you know, bring some competition in, even though I don't think Allen's competition, but I see why Allen got brought in. But when you play for a coach who wants you, you're going to work hard. And that's what this kid has been showing all offseason, that he's willing to put the work in um, and that he wants to go in and that he wants to win. So as of right now, I think that we're in a very good situation. It's just how do we measure him after this season's up? You know, are we going to measure him by stats? Are we going to measure him by wins, uh, the, the lack thereof? Um, how are we going to measure this situation? Because there are QBs coming into next year's draft, and you know people are going to be like, ah, go get Trevor Lawrence, go get this guy, go get this guy. This this guy's a bust. But I I just feel like that, even the fans, the media, even the front offices, no one has patience anymore. And I think that we've got something with Haskins. We just have to remain patient. Well, I think that we ran out of patience at least five to ten years ago. I think Redskins fans have been more than patient with what goes on in that building. And we just want to win now. So that's the from the fan point of view is why I think most of us are impatient. Um, the thing about the Trevor Lawrence, if we get more than five wins, we go eight and eight. He's out of the conversation because there's no way we'll be able to pick him in the draft. You know what I mean? So the cure to that impatiency is to win now and win a couple games. And I believe that has the potential, but I do. I do uh, did I? Uh, did you just say impatiency? Maybe. I might have. I'm drinking, dude. It's all right. It's cool. <laughs> you know, like, hey, how, hey. how this thing goes. Hashtag impatiency. Why don't you, uh, you hey, well, Zeke, why don't you take in, uh, and use your spell check? See, that's a real word for us, man. I need that. All right, but listen, I think Haskins, it's time to get coming out. <laughs> listen. The, the best plays that Haskins has in the future aren't going to be in a playbook. It's going to be when the plays are breaking down, the pocket caves in, and he extends a play. And that is what I love about Haskins. I, that's what I loved about RG3 is when everything breaks down and things aren't by the book, they still made things happen. And we've seen it a little bit last year, and I think there's only more to come with Haskins. On that note, since I'm making up words, <laughs> I'm going to let you guys go, all right? But I'm going to keep listening. Eric, 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 I want to call you. All right, see you, man. All right, love you. Hey, Keith, can I uh, <laughs> Eric's question and answer your question about how we're going to measure Haskins? Do it. So, first, to answer your question, I think the way we can measure him is definitely not stats, but it's definitely not also wins. I just want to see him look more comfortable. 
because he really looked out of place. If you watched him, he just looked awkward out there. And I think that has a lot to do with the lack of reps and the lack of uh, belief that Jay had in him. You know, I think that whole NFL, not NFL ready concern that you brought up, I think a lot of that came from the previous head coach not really wanting to work with him. But, you know, it's ironic. We heard that about another previous quarterback here, not NFL ready, not NFL ready. And I read that more as a scheme fit type thing. You know, Jay was really, I need a square peg to go into this square peg, you know, the square hole or whatever. He was really had to find roles for his offense, to find reads where, you know, hey, on your third step, you need to be on to your second read already because this guy has an option route versus a safety, and you need to know by your third step if you're going to sling it. You know what I mean? That type of thing. And if you don't, if you don't have that familiarity from ever doing that before, or ever even being asked to do that before, of course you're going to look awkward. You know what I mean? Um, so that answers that question. I definitely don't think we overdrafted him because, to answer Eric's question, we were celebrating when we got him at 15 because we really thought he was going to go to New York. The downfall came when Jay didn't have the belief in him but the, it was a weird dynamic, like you said, because the rumor was that Jay wanted Sweat. So we traded up for Sweat when he was falling. So he ultimately still got his guy. And I don't know if that, like, made him bitter. Maybe you and Zeke can talk about that. Maybe I feel like Jay got bitter, like, oh, you guys took fucking Haskins. And seven picks later, we trade up and get Sweat. And they're like, hey, we got your guy. And he's like, well, he's not ready. I don't want to build up around him. Because he had already dug in and said he didn't want Haskins. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Be- well, do you think that do you think that Gruden wasn't filling that pick because he knew that he was on his way out the door and he wasn't willing to let a rookie come in and well, decide does, his fate for him? If that's the case, he's a moron. If, if that's the case, he's a moron. He could have gotten an extension. You know, he could have wrote out more of a contract. He would say, "Okay, you took Haskins. All right, this ain't what I want, but all right, this is you really want this guy. All right, I'm gonna do my best." But that's not Jay's way. You know, it's it's my way, Jay, what I used to call him back in the day. It's his way or the fucking highway, you know, and that's how it was with all the quarterbacks here. Luckily, we've had a few guys brought in that thrive in this type of system that he used, um, you know, ultimately didn't bring us as far as we would have liked to have gone with it. You know, folks are going to hang their hat on 2015, 2016 until the next time we sniff the playoffs, you know, that's four or five years ago now. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know what was up with Jay. I don't know. If you think about it smartly, a guy on his last year, they just drafted a quarterback who has a four- to five-year contract. He should have went all in on developing this guy. He should have became his best friend. That's what I would have done. I would have fucking tied nutsacks with him and fucking we would have been playing swords in the fucking restroom so I can fucking get this guy so I can get myself a new contract. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's – man, Haskins uh... – and, and and that's all, yeah, I mean, that's at all right about Jay. And it's, you know, it was pretty apparent, you know, the the whole, I, I don't know, the guy just, he was definitely, uh, you know, getting players into his system and not, you know, trying to exercise the player, you know, you know, scheme to the player's strength. That wasn't always, you know, something he was marveled at for. But, I mean, I, I fucking Jay Gruden, man, that guy. Man, it's uh, to to not have the kid, you know, ready or not to be giving him, you know, any very many any reps at all. 
it, it, it seems like he probably didn't really get good coaching until Alex Smith got into the room late into the year. So, I mean, Eric might be right or might be on to something for it, like basically being a rookie year. He's not wrong about that. I, I definitely say that. He's definitely not wrong about that. It definitely has the feel of a whole clean fucking slate. And, you know, we're, we're going forward with this kid. And, you know, he, he's got Tom Brady on his wall. So that means he's fucking destined to take us to the playoffs, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you know, you mentioned Alex Smith. Did you guys happen to catch the Project 11 episode that aired on Friday? I haven't yep. yet. Uh, it's DVR. My wife's already watched it. Uh, I I, ha- I just haven't got to it yet. Uh, but she, yeah, she said it was awesome. I know a lot of people liked it. I, I'm, you watched it, didn't you, Brandon? Yeah, I saw it. Was, had some pretty gruesome moments. Yeah, I think that's why I was staying away from it, to be honest. I, I didn't really want to see that. Because I was at that game. You know, Keith, you were at that game too, weren't you? No, not that one. Oh, okay. So you were at the Cowboys game. Yeah. Yeah, that was the last game I okay. went through. Yep. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I knew I, I we had hung out at, at either one of those two games. But, yeah, that's, that's, that's tough, man. I mean, that's a – and all the shit that he went through and, you know, the whole fighting for his life, man, that, that's uh, – and scary stuff, and man, I, you know, Dan Snyder, you know, he's you know going to take care of this guy most likely, no matter what. And I know a lot of people talk about a front office role, but uh, you know, I mean, the guy's obviously he's a very intelligent football player. He's you know he's had good coaching. He's been around good coaches, and you know, I mean, I know there's a lot of knocks on the guy as, as in his career about not being able to you know get get over the hump in the big game, I guess, but. Man, there was a couple years there that dude was just—I mean, he was lighting the NFL up, and uh, it, that whole scenario and how what the team was doing. Like, if if that doesn't happen, we're we may not even be talking about Haskins right now at all. You know, and of course, we might not even be talking about uh, no Bruce Allen and no Jay Gruden, and that's a fucking nightmare to think of that. Well, without getting too deep into it, and Brandon, I, I know that you've watched it. Um, you know, Zeke, I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, definitely watch it. Um, the gruesome part about it pretty much was already uh, shown on Twitter. Uh, there was a, a couple pictures, and actually one of them uh, it was the very first one, I think it was, um, where it kind of showed his skin, the, the, the bacteria, the dark parts. Um, I didn't see the other one until after I saw the episode. Uh, the other one is kind of extraordinary, but <laughs> I had actually, uh, sadly, the asshole that I am, I sadly tweeted out that uh, his leg looked like a, uh, um, uh, a a grilled chicken leg with extra barbecue sauce um, <laughs> on it. And I, I actually... I got a I got a little bit of hate on that one, and I have to I have to tell you I have to backtrack on this one. I mean I don't feel bad for saying it because I don't feel bad for shit, but I will say that if I would have seen Project Eleven first uh, before that picture, I probably wouldn't have said anything at all because uh, uh, when you do hear hear the man's story, uh, you know uh, it, it's just extraordinary that he's even up and walking to be honest, but. Um, my question, Brandon, I'm going to throw to you since you've seen it. Um, 
in the episode, you know, and, and this is no secret, so we're not ruining anything for Zeke, but, uh, you know, in, in that uh, no, episode, go ahead, it go talked ahead, about. It's fine. It, it's fine. All go right. ahead. Well, it, well, we it, talks, about, it anyway. talks about. Jesus. Yeah, well, it, I, I, I'll ask Brandon this. I mean, in that episode, it talked about him potentially doing a comeback. I don't see it. I don't think many other people see it. I don't think he should, but, you know, who am I to, you know, I'm just a guy on a couch. Um, let's say that he can't come back. Um, do we give him some kind of position? And I say we, and I use that term loosely because it's not like I'm fucking giving him anything, but does he get some kind of position with the Redskins? And if so, what would that fucking position be? Quarterback coach? I mean, what do we, what do we do with him? Because from that episode, you could tell that Alex Smith was a leader. Uh, he's well-respected um, in the sense of what kind of person he is. Isn't that the type of culture that we're looking for? Uh, I hate to use the word culture, but you know what I mean. Is that the type of person that we're looking for to, you know, join an office team? You know what? Um, After watching it, I think I've been thinking about it a lot. I think the reason they haven't done any moves, you always heard, you know, throughout the whole thing, you said no one's counting counting out Alex, no one's counting out Alex. But you also heard him say, like, hey, I just want to get back to living a normal life. You know, I just want to be able to play with my kids normal. So I do think, I don't know. I think it's hard. I think the competitor in him doesn't want any, I I don't think like, I think if the skins cut him or something like that and they're like, Hey, we'll still pay you, but we're going to cut you. It's clear. You're not coming back. We need the roster spot, something like that. I think it, it would be more of a, negative PR move for them and just like why kick the dude in the balls when he's trying to come back so hard so I think they're trying to give him every opportunity to do that but the realistic expectation is that like you said maybe it's a front office role or maybe it's in football in some other shape or form but I I really don't know if he would even accept that to be honest with you what you know you're you just suffered this tragic injury your your career aspects were to actually come back and play do you want to be a front office guy? I mean, do you want do you want to be a quarterback coach? What do you want to do, Alex? Do you want to get into scouting? You know, you're not you're not with your family that much that way. I imagine he's going to want to be with his family as much as possible because I'm so close to actually losing his life. So I do imagine that his priorities might not even be football anymore. You know, once once it's not coming back to play for sure, who knows what he's going to do? I, I'm really I. I don't know. I, I would struggle. I would give him any position. Hey, whatever you want to do, Alex, you got the smarts, you got the work ethics. And like you said, Keith, he's a leader for sure. You know, he can, he can kind of lift up the morale of people and, you know, he's got a good story and, you know, that's a hell of an inspiring story to be able to show people you've overcome such a, you know, crazy, you know, dramatic thing. Um, so I think it would be super inspirational, but I just, I don't know. It's one of those things like, could you imagine like, fucking Larry Bird broke his leg one year and the next year he's just like, oh, I'm a coach now. I can't do it anymore. So fuck it. Like, I just feel like he would be like, kind of like self-defeating. You don't think that would be like beating himself up a bit over it? I don't know. Maybe I'm just being emo about it. Yeah. It, it, it's hard. It, it, it's really hard to say. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm actually shocked that he's considering to, to try and return. I mean, Dude, you just had 17 surgeries on a leg that was completely deformed, um, destroyed uh, by flesh-eating bacteria. I forget the actual name of it. 
I'm too fucking stupid to pay attention to that kind of stuff. But um, I just, man, I just, you know, I definitely don't see it. But I'm also, you know, not in the know as far as, you know, because everyone's like, you know, you know, Redskins Twitter, we just give positions. Yeah, bring him on the front office and he'll be such and such. Like, first of all, what the fuck is such and such? I mean, what do you, what are we just handing to him? Half the half the people don't even know what the fuck Doug Williams does. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, everyone's like, he basically all that we've learned about Doug Williams in the beginning was that he's the fall guy. You know, but a lot of people question. He's player you know, development. What these... He's player development now, which basically means these guys use him kind of as a go-to like yeah you said Alex was like a pro's pro kind of thing like oh hey Doug you know how did you deal with this this time and this time he's basically like a mentor you know he's a paid mentor to these guys you know whatever each guy individually needs he is kind of a a go-to guy for that if you will him him and Malcolm Blacken I think is the other guy's name I don't know but those are the kind of weird titles where you're like like how I think Alex would get that type of position. Like, hey, Alex, come hang out around the team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, I mean, I guess. Like, I don't know, man. Just money like that to blow around. We're just making up titles to give to someone. Um, it was crazy because people were even saying, put him in the ring of honor. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, yeah, one for things. People, it, it's amazing how people on social media, we after watching we something like that, they they, they we got to stand on their little soapbox. They're standing on their soapbox and they're virtue signaling by all, you know, whatever issue that they're tweeting about, or all, you know, put him in the ring of honor. Let all that we got to give this guy a front office job. Okay, why? He might Those not even people... like you said. He, he might not even want to be in the front office. So what, man? That. Redskins Twitter is all the time anointing fucking, you know, and trashing people. You know, uh, man, some of the shit that gets spewed out there. Well, well, the thing is, too, like, I'm not even, I, I'm not even saying, I'm not even saying that he doesn't deserve a front office position. I don't really care. Like, I, I think the dude is a positive dude. Does he have? Does he bring value to a team? Sure. How can he add that value into a position? Um, you know, with the organization, that's for them to decide. And if they do that, I'm totally fine with it. it you know, uh, who am I? Again, I'm just a, a fucking stupid idiot on a couch, right? Um, like everyone else. But except for, you know, most of them are stupid idiots. Well, whatever. But anyways, um, you know, but like, all right. So like, worry, like this is such an emotional fan base from what I've seen though, because it was like when, when people were live tweeting during the show, it was like, Ring of Honor, give give it to the man. What? I mean, all right, he broke his leg and shit, but like for real, like guy won six games and we're putting him in the Ring of Honor. Are you fucking serious right now? But God forbid, hold on. But God forbid we give up twenty one to someone. (laughs) I knew that. I knew that's where you were going with that. But these are the same people. Those people are just so dug in. Those are the people that were happy that we traded Kendall Fuller for him. So they just have to, like, validate <laughs> that take from years ago. They're like, Kendall Fuller sucks, man. We're going to get Alex Smith, and he's going to come up here and light this shit up like Kansas City, brother. And shit like that. And now he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Broke his leg. Oh, god damn. Put him in the ring of honor. Put the leg in there. You seen that emulator fixator tater on his leg? Put him in. God damn it. 
You're like, Jesus I mean, Christ. Well, exactly. Go, and go I mean, like, listen. Yosemite Sam. I mean, listen, <laughs> 2000, 2012 was magical for us. I'm not putting RG3 in the Ring of Honor. And that that's huge coming from me. So, next, Robert, yeah, you want to talk about Robert, if you're listening, yeah, you, I, I don't mean that, Robert. Hey, Robert Give and I had a conversation more. about – hey, listen, Robert and I had a conversation today about wrestling. I was quite impressed, uh, uh, the amount of back and forth him and I were going. So, yeah, Robert, I'm just kidding. Ring of honor, let's give it to you. But anyways, um, seriously, like, <laughs> so I'm not putting Alex Smith in there. You know what I'm saying? And, like, the argument was, like – the art, like, I couldn't even argue with it. Um, and I don't want to point out who it was because I really like this person. But, you know, like, I couldn't even argue it because I'm like, th- this is so far beyond emotional. Like, I'm going to come out to be a even more of a big dickhead uh, on the situation if I'm like, dude, you're fucking stupid for thinking that this guy should be in the ring of honor just because he has a fucking leg deformity. I mean, that's a horrible thing to say, but, I mean, let's be honest. Not happening, but anyways, guys, listen. Let's uh, let's switch up topics a little bit. Um, my guy Zeke, when I was talking to him earlier today, um, Zeke, I don't know how much information you have on this, but I kind of want to leave it up to you and Brandon because you guys are the player gurus when it comes to positioning. Um, and you had some thoughts about the offensive line. Now, um, I'm not even going to pretend like I remember the name of who got signed today, but uh, someone uh, did get signed. I'm going to assume it's a, you know, an obvious depth position um, on the O-line. But uh, what do we got going on with this line uh, that we're hoping that can you know, protect Haskins considering now that uh, our boy Trent's gone? Well, uh I mean, I, I think the first thing we have to figure out is, okay, who's starting? Uh, it, it's, I, I, you know, and Brandon, you might have more, you know, more on it. I, I know this. I'm excited about Sadiq Charles, and I think that, you know, and I, he's got the talent that, you know, he could absolutely start at left tackle. I don't know if he will. Do you, do you see him as a starter at left tackle? Day one. Day one. Day one start. He's going to be the day one starter at left tackle. It's either between him or the newly acquired Lucas. And I, I'm a firm believer. I was a big Sadiq Charles fan. Um, some stuff came up where he had got some suspensions, and that's really the only reason that he's actually was able to even be drafted so late is because of these character concerns. They didn't want to give him as much of a guaranteed contract. Um I think it's pretty much out there already what happened. You know, he failed. I think he failed the drug test, but then he was also caught cheating twice. Um, that's that's kind of known, kind of not known, I think, that cheating twice thing because they retested him and he got caught cheating on the retest, which I think a lot of teams probably were like, what the fuck, how dumb can you be type thing. But the guy's talented as hell. Like, he's a good player. He played, he played left tackle for the national championship team. You know, I don't know how much better of a – talent you can ask for at a position where you just traded away a Pro Bowl caliber left tackle, albeit when healthy left tackle, um, you know, I think the O-line is going to be good. But I definitely think Sidney Charles is going to be day one left tackle. Well, I I tell you what, I mean, I, that's great to hear. And I'm not going to, like, 
you know, I'm I'm excited about the guy because you know the the measurables and stuff and the you know the way I know there was a couple of reviews that I had read. Uh, you know, sometimes the uh, tape didn't match up to the talent, and usually that that I guess what they're signaling is guys not maybe giving it their all in certain. But you know, maybe if they're up. You know, they could be talking about maybe something getting sloppy if they're blowing somebody out or what what have you. But I think it can't be, uh, oh, you know, undervalued on having just having the group that they're going to line up across from and and work with whenever we they ha- get together for OTAs and training camp and all of that. That's I mean that's got to be some really good competition and really good like back and forth getting them ready because, you know, our line is like that's the one thing about the team that, like, I feel like I absolutely know is going to be stout, uh, stout against the run and generate pressure. And, I mean, wow. Play, but in, in, in practice, training camp, I mean, they, these guys are going to get better. Everybody that's, you know, going to be quote-unquote starting uh, – and I, you know, who, how about left guard? Is Martin Martin gonna gonna start there? To go uh, to, to go back to Charles real quick. I think the thing with him is he's got the frame, but he's kind of got that. He doesn't necessarily have that NFL body that you necessarily want. He's got a big body and he's quick foot, but he's he's got a little extra. If you know what I'm saying? Um, and he's not really his hand sometimes. His hand placement gets a little bit lazy. And it's not really, like, violent. For as big as he is, you want him to be, like, more, like, violent with his hands, I guess, at times. But he's pretty technically sound. I mean, he's susceptible just like anybody. You know, anybody can get beat. But he's one of those guys where you've got the talent and you can coach him up. I think left guard is a toss-up. It's going to be West 1 versus West 2. Um, I can't pronounce either of those fuckers' names, really. Um, I think left guard is one of those positions where you want to give it to uh, – oh, wait, West 1 is Martin, right? You, you, yeah, Martin, we've seen a little bit of, of him. He's got a little bit of starting experience. He's got a little nasty to him, um, similar to like a Sheriff, which I really like that kind of demeanor where he, he, he wants to kind of pound on guys. He's always looking for work. He's staying active. So I, I think uh, I don't know as much about West 2. I know more about Lucas than I know about West 2, to be honest with you. But Either way, competition, like Ron is bringing competition. So whoever wins that out, they're going to have to fucking earn it. And that's what matters to me more than who actually gets it. Who who do you see maybe pushing uh, Morgan at right tackle, or is he basically going to be the week one starter at right tackle? He's probably week one starter, man. Um, you know, one of the things yeah, I, would from think one so. I learned, yeah, there's not much there besides, unless Lucas, I believe Lucas can play both spots, so I don't know if they want him to be swing tackle or they want him to challenge for one of those spots, but I believe we have money tied up with Morgan. And he, um, it came out, Lake Lewis had mentioned that, you know, he had been banged up for years, and they had asked him to kind of delay some surgeries here and there. Like, instead of getting all of his surgeries both done at the same time, they asked him to get, like, one, like one surgery after another after another. So this should be the first year, supposedly, that Morgan's going to be really healthy. Hopefully he can learn how to bend his knees a little bit and uh, doesn't do that whole false start shit. But I think Morgan's entrenched at right tackle. 
Yeah, I, I mean, you you make a good point. The money, the money, the you know the the investment in it, and for you know options, you know the guy we the guy can be a road grader, and you know it, it the the penalties can be frustrating, and you know he he was there's a lot of times he was you know opening his mouth and putting his foot in it, which didn't make things any better. Uh, you know when obviously his play was so fucking horrendous at times with the penalties and just completely and utterly getting fucking smoked by every single average or above, you know, pass rusher. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm Charles at left tackle. It's like, that's my biggest, my biggest fear is left tackle. That's the one, you know, cause that's, that's the fucking kids back. So, uh, I, I'm glad you're excited. I mean, I'm glad you're excited on the whole package with Charles. I mean, I, with like I said, the the stuff that I've seen and read, and you know, the intangibles and all the athleticism, because uh, you know, the screen we're probably going to be big in the screen game with uh, Turner, and you know, those guys are going to have to be able to get out and move. And I think most most of the guys can can do that. So my my opinion, and again, I don't want to get too deep because I'm not going to sit here and pretend uh, like some of these guys on Twitter and I, quote, watch film, unquote. But from a lot of the stories, uh, you know, that I've read on Sadiq, um, I'm actually pretty excited. Um, I think that if this was the year that we were going to lose Trent um, and we're bringing in Sadiq to, you know, potentially, uh, you know, fill his position, um or we're, you know, shifting the line, whatever the case may be. I think we got a great pick, a great value pick um, for that. Um, I, 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 I still to this day think it's crazy that some teams will pass up on, on folks who have these weird-ass questionable uh, character issues um, and again, if we're talking weed was the character issue, um, weed's not even going to be a thing within the next, uh, you know, few years. Uh, it, it, it's almost going to be like, really, this is what this guy was judged on. Um, I can't talk about uh, skin tangibles and, uh, you know, break down what this guy can and can't do in his position. I just feel that we, we got him. We got him. We, we we got him at a great pick, um, and I think that he is going to uh, eventually benefit us uh, for the long term. Is you know, long as he can you know stay healthy. I think that obviously is the case for every player as long as they can stay healthy. But um, again, I have. Well, let me take that back. I don't want to say that I have pure confidence in uh, you know the current coaching staff. But I really, with, you know, who we do have now, uh, I like much better than we had last year. I do think these coaches are going to be able to coach these, you know, guys up. I think we as fans are going to be surprised um, at some, you know, some of these folks that have come in um, on how much better they're going to do within their perspective position uh, just based upon game planning and the type of, uh, you know, the type of uh, offensive calls, the type of defensive calls. Um, I think we've got some smart people in there, you know. And so 
honestly, I couldn't be happier with Sadiq, you know, replacing the, the Trent forefront, if that makes any sense. Yeah, for sure. You guys, sure. Got, yeah, you guys right. got anything else? Nope. All right. Not me. All right, Not so me. listen up. All right, so listen up. I'm going to do a little bit something different. Um, Brandon knows me. Brandon knows that uh, I like my stupid little bits. Um, Zeke, I talked to you about this one. Now, this uh, bit did not go as planned when it came to how I wanted to um, introduce it. Um, But you guys know me. I like to find some bullshit tweets. Um, And I thought, what better way to do it than to find some what I call some ho-ass tweets um, from – Blue check marks, local media, it doesn't matter. I wanted to find some ho-ass tweets. Well, of course, when I talked about it on Twitter, uh, I found it very fucking difficult this week to find some ho-ass tweets just because uh, there really wasn't much going on. But some things did come in at the last minute. So uh, moving forward, uh, for the people who are listening, probably just my cousin and uh, Zeke's mom and Brandon, I, I hope you let your family members know, like maybe your third cousin. Um, so just to let them know how we're going to – you guys are supposed to laugh at that, assholes. I did laugh. I was on mute. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. uh, my bad. Well, fucking – I appreciate the mute, but, you know, sometimes when, you know, I, I, I give dad jokes, I need some extra laughter in there. But anyway. Ha, ha, so to set ha, it up, ha, ha. Jeez. Oh my God! Jeez. I just I I pee my pants a lot. Not even a little bit. Like I can I can you guys can um can you hear me? Oh my God! This is embarrassing. You know what? You can put your ass back on fucking mute. <laughs> that, was, that was my dad joke. That was my dad joke. <laughs> Listen. So I I wanna I wanna set it up um, on how we're gonna do it. Typically, what I'd like to do is I'd like to find three whole ass tweets and then create a poll on Twitter. So that way, um, for a week or so, or leading up to you know the next episode, we can actually send out a Twitter poll and let Twitter folks, if they want to, vote on what they think is the number one HOAS tweet. So that way, um, that way we can give a little special award since we like to bash on these media fucks uh, for all the stupid shit that they put out there. So, gentlemen, I have three. Now, I will say. These three were a super fucking stretch because this was a rough week, but I have three. So what I want to do uh, with both of you is um, I'll talk about the first one and, or not talk about it, but I'll mention what the first one is. I want you guys to give some insight and then the others will kind of take it from there. And then after that, uh, we'll just, you know, see where this rides. So gentlemen, to start our segment, I'm going to call this Use a Ho. All right, perfect. So, number one on the Use a Ho list. Uh, earlier this week, the uh, uh, junkies called in, or not called in, but the junkies on their show. Uh, it created a little bit of buzz uh, the first day or two. 
Um, and, and I didn't really want to give much attention to this because I, I know why they were talking about this, but interested to hear your guys' take, so I'll just go ahead and mention it. Um, they were discussing, and pretty much what they did was, was kind of completely shit on the fan base. Um, what they were talking about was is they, they felt like if the NFL made the decision to move the Redskins to London, they basically said that the Redskins fan base wouldn't give a shit. That was their opinion. Now, I don't fully believe that they believe that. I believe that they said it just to get a reaction, which it did uh, create a small reaction uh, on Redskins Twitter. But what you guys, I mean, how, how do you fucking feel about that? Like, they pretty much were shitting on the fan base by saying that we don't fucking care about our team. I mean, what else could it be? I mean, what else could it be? Like, it's, it's like that's the most. I mean, God, these fucking clowns, man. I don't get it. I just don't fucking get it. And, it, 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 yeah, the Redskins fans still not being filled up. But, man, you let the team start 2-0 and and the motherfucker will be rocking. So don't, don't, don't tell me that the fucking fans will be happy to go to London. And you're 100% right, I think, Keith, because why the fuck else would they say something so ridiculous and stupid other than they know – they know their what they that's their stick. That's exactly what they fucking do. They say dumb shit on the reg. People tweet about it. I, I get sucked into it too. And these assholes just you know they're like oh the junkies were hey man any kind of press is good press. You fucking idiots. <laughs> that's my Brandon. opinion. Yeah, I think, Brandon, uh, do you know about that tweet? Yeah, it was something along the lines. It was uh, it was actually their radio show, right, where they said the Redskins moved to London. Ninety percent of the fans would probably be happy. Something stupid like that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's exactly right. like the, well, that's the it wasn't actually a tweet. Yeah, that's yeah. that's freaking. No, they tweeted out the link. They tweeted out the link. Right. Like it was well, either either way, whatever stuff. it was. They're some fucking hoes because that's – they're just referring to their fan base, like their their listenership. If they were like, oh, hey, if we were moved to London, would you guys be happy? And was like, fuck, yeah, we don't have to listen to you anymore. Like that's probably what it really was because <laughs> if you think about it, you're not – you don't get to choose your media. If you live in that area, you turn on the radio, you get to fucking listen to what you listen to. So these people are subjected to fucking 1067, Team 980. I'm over here in California. I don't fucking listen to it. I form my own opinions. I read the statements for myself. I fucking I, – I, I look at the, you know, the fucking big-name guys like John Keem or fucking Lake Lewis. I stay away from the TMZ-style bullshit, man, because this segment's called Use a Ho. DC Media, use a ho. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> look, man, they're, they're small fan base. I, you know, in, in today's today's social media era and internet and everybody having a smartphone, there's so many options for everybody that don't even live in the market that you know to find find their own content. I do the same thing, find my own content because I refuse to listen to any. Look, the people who enjoy listening to them are the people who molest the cat and kick the dog, and I don't want to be around those people. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. The second one. Thank you for that imagery. Jim, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, guys. If you caught, I don't know if you guys caught this one, but uh, um, I believe this is yesterday. Um, Chris Russell put out uh, a little article, um, of course, and it was a 
what I think he thinks was a positive uh, article on Dwayne Haskins. It was all about uh, that picture that Haskins posted that had him and uh, Brady um, <laughs> mural done on the wall. Now, he made the a reason post about why that. I selected yeah, – well, he, he, he made an article. And what – and, and Zeke, I don't know if you have – I have it handy. Hold on. I have it handy. Let me – yeah, I Let me can see. Okay, so I got it. I got it right here. So uh, he says, okay. there are poor decisions made in social media usage. I'm guilty at times in good decisions. Dwayne Haskins made a great one here as he turned 23. Happy birthday, by the way. Now, the picture that was posted, of course, was the Tom Brady mural. Now, I know for a fact that if you were to just look at this, it's to come off as positive, but I know that there is no way in fucking hell this guy meant that. I think that obviously by him mentioning Tom Brady in the same sentence, it was kind of a, and some may say that I'm stretching for this and maybe I am. I just find it interesting that the one positive tweet you get from this guy, Tom Brady's involved in it. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely fucking ridiculous. He he tweeted about somebody with the whole pre-schedule thing, uh, you know, like mock schedule release or whatever the fuck. And he he so somebody tweeted something about you know I smell a Redskins Cowboys or I feel a Redskins Cowboys Thanksgiving game. And he's like, no, that you know they've ruined so many holidays, like. Man, this man's talking about that. How many look look at this motherfucker? How many Thanksgivings have been ruined for that guy? Probably none. God, I can't stand that fucking nick. What a tool. Well, I guess I guess what got me was the fact that he's hashtagging Tom Brady, like, or he's adding Tom Brady because it's like he wants you know. I don't. I just it rubs me the, the wrong, wrong way. And again, you know? I mean, Haskins has to be a student of the game. Haskins has to follow in Tom Brady's footsteps, or he will never be nearly as good as anything <laughs> as Tom Brady if he doesn't do exactly what he says. Painting a mural in his house is the fucking key to success. It's a fucking golden <laughs> path to QB franchise stardom. Is painting a fucking mural on your gym wall. Jesus Christ. Thank God that's the solution. There was fans who were fucking like, I'm serious. My my initial reaction to this was, you got to be fucking kidding me. This guy's got Tom Brady on his wall? Like, and I'm, you know, hey, whatever. Joke, right? That's got to be a joke from Chris Russell, right? That's not him being seriously saying like, oh, hey, now, oh, good. he's just being like funny, right? Like, oh, hey, good. Good painting. Like, at least you painted fucking Tom Brady on there, not, like, fucking Carson Wentz or something. Is that what he's trying to get at? Like, I, I don't fucking get I, it. I, I guess. Right. That, that's, that's the vibe. That's the vibe I got. Fuck. Like, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah. Yeah. To me, I don't know. I just never understand their intent. I, yeah, I don't either. And I guess I always kind of look at it negative. Like, I'm waiting for a fight. It's kind of like, you know, like, you know the fight's going to happen. So when I'm reading the tweet, it's like I'm looking for a fight. So maybe I'm stretching with this one. I don't know. But I'm not willing to give the benefit of the doubt because I think that they all um, are on some bullshit when it comes to any uh, quarterbacks. And 
man, I'm going to say it. I, I just, I don't care, and I know people are going to, you say know, it. some right. people it's have right. argued with me. I mean, it, to the to the local media, if it ain't white, it ain't right. And that's that's it's, just the way that I feel about that situation. Um, the evidence speaks for itself. It's a tough one to argue, but it's hard to it's I mean, I would hope that you would think that that's not a thing. You would hope that these guys give them so like give everyone the benefit of the doubt and fucking that shit shouldn't even fucking matter. Like I don't know who it was, but like let's just stop talking about these people as whatever race they are. Let's just call them quarterbacks because it doesn't really matter their race. You know, I, I don't. I think that was a big thing. Like when uh, Mariota was coming out, for some reason, like they were bringing up his race a lot of randomly of all people, right, Mariota. But they were like, "Yeah, let's just call people quarterbacks." And it's like that's how it should be. Let's just judge these guys off their performance. But it's hard to deny the double standard sometimes with these media guys with the key selection of words and the, the, the code, the code changing, you know what I mean? That's what it's called a communication. They, they use certain words to replace other words that, you know, have less of a sting or less, you know, it's, it's really dangerous with media. You know, it's really, really dangerous. I, I don't want to say it's what you're saying it is, Keith, because I want to give everyone the benefit of the doubt, too. Like, I hope they're just being objective and giving their true critiques regardless of that stuff. But I'd be yeah. pretty naive to think that it doesn't seem to play a part because, you know, it does seem to. As much as I don't want it to, well, and try to give them the benefit of the doubt, it does keep seeming like that at times. Yeah, I don't want to say that it's facts by any means because obviously I can't prove that. But – you know, this could be a, a different topic for, you know, some serious shit that I ain't willing to get into on this stupid ass podcast. But exactly, um, <laughs> it's only your cousins. you know, it, 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 that's true. Only my cousin's listening. I'd laugh at that, but fuck you. I, I'm on mute, so I couldn't hear you. Um, so, anyways, like I said, I I don't want to you know. I don't want to bring up that. I've said enough, and I've taken a lot of heat. Uh, I still feel the way that I feel about it. But let's, you know, let yeah. Again, I can't prove any of it. It just it seems funny to me. But anyways, let me move on to uh, the third and final. Now, this one here, too, guys. This was a super stretch. Um, I will give it that. This actually came out at the last minute. Um, I just thought it was interesting. Um, Rick Snyder at Snyder Remarks um, put out a position grade um, for the skins. And uh, looking at his article, and I don't know if you guys want to you know, take a minute and take a look at it. I, I don't really want to get into the actual article. Um, I looked at a lot of the, the position grades that he's given. First of all, I think position grades are fucking stupid as hell, just like mock drafts are dumb as fuck and everyone wastes their fucking time doing them. Um, you know, because I, I just – I don't get the whole minus shit. Like, how do you measure that? But anyways, um, I just found it interesting that if you were to look at the position grades um, that were given, eh, I mean, I, I see some fairness in there. But you go right back to, you know, the quarterback position, and you're given a C minus. Why not a C? Why not a C plus? You're given a C minus, which is telling me you're pretty fucking close to getting a D. So now you're saying that the quarterback class that we currently have um, or on the roster is a C minus. Now, again, maybe I'm looking at this because I'm looking for a fight, but I feel like, again, 
here we are not giving the credit. Now, I can't speak upon Kyle Allen, and I can understand why we're sitting in this fee area if we were to measure, but I still feel like it was a little knock towards Haskins. Um, and I, I wish I just really, when you read it, there's not much substance to uh, why it was given. He gives, you know, a couple paragraph or a paragraph. It just didn't make sense to me. It didn't measure out to me that that's a C minus, you know, type of deal. So I'm not really expecting any uh, feedback from you guys on that. I don't know if you've seen it, but I'll stick to it. But I'll say we're like looking at our quarterbacks on the roster. What do you think that the position grade should be if you were to give it? Um. Well. I man, you know how I am with the whole grade. So subjective sometimes, and everybody looks at it a different way. And I mean, I I'd say the the C minus seems kind of fair. I mean, it's what Kyle is if Allen and Haskins, right? That's the only like that's the two guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, I that that's probably fair. I mean, you know, Allen is. Showed a flat C minus a bit in, that, in that system, huh? A C minus though, like maybe why, I don't know why I'm so hung up on the plus and minus thing. Like, okay, I yeah, can I, see maybe like, not I mean, C plus, plus I, because you know, C plus yeah, is kind of close to B. But why not just <laughs> C? Man, like, just give it a yeah. C. Like, like help a brother out. You know what I'm saying? Like, my man, it just you know, my man, like, just doesn't get any love. Like. At least lie to the folks. Tell them C. I don't well, know. Rick Snyder's I, podcast I, is called Season of Discontent or some shit like that. Think about it. You think he's going to give him a fucking pat on the back? <laughs> that's well, what he gave, that's he kind of why. He gave decent... go, go ahead. Gee. He gave the defensive no. line an A. He gave the defense no. Who cares? Who cares about position groups? Like this guy. Oh yeah, no, no. See, what I'm what I'm getting at is that that's like a slam dunk. Obviously, he couldn't give it anything other than that, and he, you know, he gave the coaching an A. Everything else was running backs were a B, which I, you know, I'd say I'd give the running back lower than a B. I think I I don't know. Fucking weird ass guy, weirdo. He's a yeah. Receiver receivers were B minus. So I guess B minus is bigger than B, right? What? Yeah. I don't I mean, fucking know. Whatever. Fuck it. Yeah. We had I'm right in. I'm a fucking idiot. Fucking nobody else besides a uh, fuck. His scale makes no sense. Like, how is he? I don't understand how, on what basis, he's grading It's subjective, you know bro. I mean? it's, so, it's so subjective. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's subjective to everybody. Like, everybody looks at things differently and. You know, he snide remarks. Yeah, I. I the the whole grade of the receivers that they crazy. talk about Trey Quinn. Oh, Trey Quinn's still gonna have a fucking breakout. Like, oh god. <laughs> um, I, all right, guys. I, I don't see anything on Quinn. I don't see anything on Quinn. But he talks about Gibson and uh, Harmon and obviously T Mac. But I, that that's really it. Real short paragraphs doesn't you know. 
nothing uh, nothing real earth shattering here. All right, and that's well, why with the, the, well with the the three topics uh, the the three uh, topics that I mentioned. If you guys had to vote, which one do you think that we should give an award to? My vote is for the the junkies. You know the whole London thing. That's just complete ass. They they's the hoes. And they they, all was, they were all pretty fucking horrible. I guess the first one was probably the worst though. Most hoish. Most hoish. The most hoish. Yeah. Now I'll have to most admit. Ho- I'll have to admit this was kind of a weak first segment, but we're just filling it out. We're filling oh, it can out. I, I expect can that I when the season. Yeah, go ahead. Why not? Fuck it. I got two nominations. What's up? One is oh, the one you told me about, the person who recommended the Ring of Fame for Alex Smith. That person is a fucking hoe for show. <laughs> then the other one. <laughs> then the other one, I got called my boy Rich Turpin. He is definitely a hoe. Because if you guys oh, want to know his. <laughs> he his tweet. This guy's tweet literally says, and I quote, "I just sit down to pee so I don't forget." But this man is literally a hoe who sits down to pee. Rich Serpent, if you're listening, <laughs> what up? All right. Well, uh, hey, Z, well, Zeke, do me a favor. Um, Tweet out to Rich. Let's see if we can get him on. Um, uh, so, all right. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the lead on this one. And we're just going to go ahead and give the Junkies uh, the Ho-Ass Tweet Award. So, uh, congratulations, Junkie, for your uh, never disappointing us on your fucking bullshit. Use a ho. Rich was robbed. Rich was robbed. <laughs> Rich was robbed. Um, all right, gentlemen. Uh, well, thanks for thanks for uh, 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 jumping in on my dumbass bit segment. I just feel like I had to do a little something to switch it up. But anyways, uh, like I said, next week. And if you guys want to, you know, take a peek, uh, if you see some, you know, bullshit, definitely. Um, Definitely, you know, let's tag each other in it. Um, I know when the season starts, that's when these guys really start ramping up their their fucking bullshit. Um, I can't see anything that Grant Polson says uh, unless people start tweeting about it. And then I'm like, ooh, take a screenshot. Let me see. But I know he's on some bullshit, and I'm itching to give him a whole ass uh, tweet award. So uh, if you guys happen to see anything, definitely make sure that I see that guy too. Um, but let's switch it up. Now, I know that this is kind of, this is always a silly, stupid fucking thing to talk about, but it's something that we kind of always seem to do. And I'm hoping, uh, you guys might have some insight on this. Now we all know that the schedule's being released, uh, tomorrow. I know that there was some leaks out there today. I'm not sure if the leaks got out and, uh, if they if they did and you guys kind of already seen, um, don't kind of use that as your opinion. I'm just I'm interested to see and I want to tweet out and, and and Zeke maybe you tweet out I'll tweet out Brandon if you want to, 
I'll see if we can – the idea behind this one is to get, you know, a couple people in. I don't want to, you know, hold the calls very long. I just want to – I hey, want Rick, to hey, – hey, hey, Keith, I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. Uh, Rich messaged me oh. back. He, he, he asked, he asked, Rich got back to me. He asked me for the number, so he should be calling. All right. Well, listen. We do have we do have someone on the line. I just pulled them in. Uh, who do we have? Hey, Keith. It's Rich. Boom. Rich, what's going on? Hey. All right. Real quick, real quick. Brandon botched the whole the whole thing. The response was this lady, this woman was talking about how great her husband was because, oh, oh, how great Kobe was because apparently he never left the toilet seat up when he went to the bathroom. So my response was, for me to be a good husband, I don't want to forget to put the toilet seat up. So I just sit. I sit to go to the bathroom so I don't forget to put the seat up. That, that's a great that's a good move. disclaimer. It's, it's a, a white good disclaimer, Rich. It's a good disclaimer, but use a hose. No, I'm just kidding, buddy. That's fine. I just I, that but I didn't, say, I didn't say move. At least I didn't say move the to lunch. Whatever. At least I didn't say move the So, Whatever. Well, Rich, thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for coming in. Uh, but I, I I know that you've got some insight on this one. So we were just getting into. Uh, uh, first of all, I, I wanted to say I think it's fucking stupid that we would even give a win loss prediction now, especially when we haven't seen a schedule. And even when we do see a schedule, I think it's fucking stupid because the majority of us are always off um, all the time. But I guess it's a little fun thing to do. So. Um, I know that there's been leaks out there. I don't know if anyone has actually seen um, our opponents this year. So if you have, just kind of throw that throw that in the trash for now. Let's pretend like no one saw anything. Um, I'm gonna start off with Brand, or I'm gonna start off with uh, Zeke, then hit Brandon, and then I'd like to hit Rich afterwards. Um, Zeke, if you were to look at everything that we've done so far, not knowing who our opponents are besides obviously our division where where do you think the redskins head to with a win loss prediction i need your 2020 prediction right now uh 2020 prediction right now i will i'm going to be somewhat optimistic and say 7 7 and 9 uh and hopefully some growth but uh you know, I, I it's it's pretty uh pretty pretty long climb up. Uh, we still need to go, and if some of these players pan out, you know, really good, and you know that could change. But I think realistically, anything over six, six, seven, eight wins is you know probably not not too uh, realistic at all. It's more of a pipe dream, I think. But the NFL is crazy. Who knows? They could come out fucking swinging on fire. What do I know? Brandon, go ahead. Well, he took mine. I think we're going to go seven and nine. Also, I think we're a little bit better than the three and three team. I think we're going to play a little bit better. I think we're going to what a little discipline can do for us. You know, what a little bit of actual coaching. I think I think fans are going to be in more of a shock with the culture, and I can't wait to see what training camp's going to be like. But I think we're going to be like seven and nine. Seven and nine, both of you. All right, Rich, go ahead. Well, I'm gonna flip those numbers. I got. I, I think they're gonna win nine. I'm doing one better, two two better. They're gonna win nine games. 
But see, here's the thing, though. I looked at the schedule. I peeked. I, it's like, see their opponents, I would probably say six or seven. But I, but I see their poo-poo opponents, and I'm saying nine. So nine and seven, sitting down. To Which is the poo-poo? Which one's poo-poo, though? Because I'm seeing a lot of uh, up-and-coming teams on the roster, especially at home. I count excuse one. Me, excuse me, especially on the road. Especially on the road. Excuse me. Oh, no, I, I count one, two, three, four. I count five, six teams with a winning record from last year. And I understand it's last year. But a lot of those teams, like Arizona, Cleveland, Detroit, uh, the Giants, obviously, Dallas. Uh, Dallas is 8-8, eight eight, but we know Dallas is good. Cincinnati, Carolina, those those teams don't – they don't scream, look what we did in the offseason. We're going to win seven, eight, nine, ten games now too. So I think they're in the same class as Washington. And obviously I'm biased, but the moves that some of those teams made and the moves that we've made, they were going to be competitive in all those games. And, of course, if I had to guess, I'm tilting towards the Redskins – winning nine games. God. All three of you are fucking homers. My God. How do you think that we go from a three? I mean, I, I know how you Seven and nine is a losing that. record. Seven and nine got people but, fucking, got Jay Gruden but dick that's, sucked. What are you talking about? But that's Seven and more trash. fucking wins than three. I mean, you can't. We were 0 five. You, we, we gained three wins just by cutting dead weight. We gained three wins just by cutting dead weight midseason. As soon as we, as soon as we get some real coaching in here, well, that's that's going to be a little bit extra boost too. Like we're going to see what real coaching is. We haven't had real coaches here in forever. I'm just so excited about the actual staff. That's why I don't care about the players. I'm more excited about what this staff is going to do. I do think we have a, uh, some tough opponents though. I don't think we have any. I don't think any win is necessarily going to be a gimme. You know what I mean? It's the NFL. So I don't think anything is going to be handed to us. Rich, I think Rich is a little on the burgundy Kool-Aid a little bit, but I'm apparently on it more than you, Keith. Well, Rich is always Rich is always glass in a half full burgundy Kool-Aid. I mean, I, I, I'm actually shocked that he said nine. I, I honestly thought he was going to go in the ten. And when I read the tweet earlier today, and it was why I kind of wanted to bring this up, Dude, people were saying fucking ten and eleven. Like, oh, who I, I saw are 12. you? I saw fucking twelve. I, I did, and I'm like, who the fuck are you? Now, do I think that you guys are wild for these predictions? No, I don't. But I, we're not a ten, eleven, twelve win team. I, I just, I don't fucking understand people. Now, me, I, I'd say five, six, and I'd say six at most. So obviously, seven and nine is not horrendous, but I feel like, and again, this is just stupid idiot on a couch opinion. I feel like that we've improved with coaching on some wins. Um, and I feel like that our depth has kind of helped us get into position to uh, get more wins as well. I like our backfield. Um, I like our receiving core, but I never, I never like, I'm, I don't get too high on the receiving core, and I know Terry McLaurin had success, and I don't want to, you know, say anything negative, you know, that I just – we got to be careful, man. I just – you never fucking know. And I guess I'm totally opposite, especially from Rich. Uh, I'm glass half empty, always have and always will be, because I feel like I want to be proven wrong. I'm okay with being wrong. I'll be wrong any day. I'll come out with an opinion – and a lot of times, I'll tell you, my opinions are uh, 75% wrong, 
because I give emotional opinions. But what people need to understand is I also want my opinions to be wrong because if, if my opinions are wrong, then we're doing good. So it's a win-win situation for me regardless uh, because I don't have an ego. I could give a fuck about being right. Uh, I've always said that. So, but man, 9, 10, 11, I'm just, I'm not seeing it. I'm not feeling it. Now, will that change when we actually see who our opponents are? Potentially. And, uh, Rich, you said you kind of took a peek at it. I saw uh, that we were playing the, the Steelers, and so it kind of made me think, are we playing that division, so to speak? Is that what you saw? Yeah, we are. We're playing, but we play at Cleveland, at Pittsburgh. We get the Ravens and Bengals at home. Now, to me, you're splitting. You're losing to the Ravens, and actually, they'll beat Cincinnati. They'll beat Cleveland, and it's a coin toss with Pittsburgh. It's at Pittsburgh, so you know what? That's that's one of those gimme games where I was kind of teetering on the fence. But of course, the homer in me prevails. They win. But yeah, they are playing the AFC North. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. I, I, I was hoping not to see that because I kind of wanted to wait. Keith, the opponents, the opponents have been out for a while. What's coming out soon is uh, which which week everything is. So it's already known because they plan out the divisions years in ahead. So we know which division we're playing. We're playing the uh, NFC North and the AFC. Yeah, AFC. you know what, you're right. That's the yeah, because we're playing. We're yep. playing like okay. So besides our division guys, we got we got Seahawks, we got Rams, Ravens, Bengals, and Panthers. So and even if, if we win. win a couple of those home division games, which I mean, our record has. I'm kind of throwing the past record out. It's year one of Rivera. I'm hoping he can hold it down in the division at home. But I mean, we're going against Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. You know, whoever freaking is playing in Carolina was a t- Teddy Bridgewater. I think, I think we can take the Bengals. I think we can take the Panthers. Maybe Jared Goff. We could take him and McVay down. You know, the return of McVay. Yeah, and, and, and you're right. We got, I forgot that they. Yeah, I was just going to say you're right. I forgot that they did already release the opponents. It's uh, deciding whether they're home or away, right? Yeah, no, they have that too. But where they're actually at, like where they at as far as it's on the calendar. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. That shit came out a long time ago, right? Yeah, it came out a while ago. You would probably you probably seen it and then already forgotten about it. That's how long ago it came out. Oh yeah, no, that's exactly. I couldn't remember. I know I've seen it. I remember looking at it, but I totally forgot all about it until you just mentioned it. So good call on that, Uh, Zeke. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, you know, I, I think, I think seven wins is on the high side. Personally, I just, I know there's, you know, I, 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 I don't see nothing but a, but an L and Pitt, Pittsburgh's a tough place to play. And that, like, it's all, like I said, this is all subjective. We're just basing it off of, you know, expectations or, or you know, growth if, if it happens. And if the, you know, this, if the defense is playing stout and, you know, we can pick up some first downs and keep Dwayne in manageable and manageable third downs and not have to put the game on the kids' shoulders every single week, play good defense, control the ball, you know, play smart football. We could probably sneak, sneak to an eighth win, but I, I just I don't really see anything more than that because it's, you know, 
that we still we there's just so much unknown with Haskins at the quarterback spot. We do not know if it, I mean he's got all the he's got all the tools, right? That's what everybody says. You know, he's got the tools, he can do it. But until it happens, uh, you know, all we can go on is what we you know saw. He made strides, but. There's a lot of lot of lot of growth to be had there, so we'll we'll see. I, I just don't see anything. Uh, double digit wins is just completely and I mean it's ridiculous. I mean there's people like I said, and that's just ridiculous. Use a host. Yeah, I mean win more than nine games. And, and listen, I know that I called you guys homers. I mean to be to be real and honest with you, I seven and nine isn't crazy. Nine and seven to me isn't crazy either. I mean. Um, if you're just looking at a, a picture and whole, can a team turn around from three wins to a nine-win team? Absolutely, they could. Um, I guess for me, just like I said, um, sadly, you know, I, I just look at, you know, class half empty, and I shoot low and hope for the best. And it's one of those where I'll shoot low if I'm wrong. Hey, it's a win-win for me because I don't care about being wrong. But then if I'm right, I'm going to let all you motherfuckers know that I was right. <laughs> so it's a win-win all the way around. But listen, Rich, I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, go ahead. Real, Just real quick. If we were doing this yeah. show last season, you would not have said, I think the Niners would be in the Super Bowl, a team that won four games with Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback. They won by running the football and playing defense. So I, I absolutely do not think it's out of this world that the Redskins go from three wins to nine, running the football, playing defense, throwing in some little uh, soft passes, whatever Scott Turner wants to do. I'm telling you, I think this team's going to win football games. That's it. Yeah, I mean, you got no argument for me at this point. I think uh, I think where the arguments will come in and it will, of course, be a little bit more concise is when uh, the team starts playing um, and we see the product out on the field, then we can really have a, a much better grasp of, you know, what we're arguing at this point, kind of right now, just minute. I don't think that, you know, your guys' predictions are, are that crazy uh, right now. I will say 10, 11, and 12 is absolutely insane, and I'm going to contribute that to the Raw Raw fans because they always believe we're going 16-0 and 0, uh, or 19-0, and 0, um, you know. But I, I know deep down inside a lot of them – they they have their realistic expectations too. So, uh, well, anyways, Rich, I appreciate you hopping on the show. Um, we'll definitely get you in. I, I'd like to have you on again for, you know, a whole show. Um, and you know, obviously the four of us, I'd love to get together because I know during the season, uh, that's when you guys come with your hot hot takes, and I need to have it. So, uh, you're welcome anytime, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely, guys. I appreciate. It. I gotta go pee now. Sitting down. Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right, later. Later, man. Well, gentlemen, we we have about 13 minutes left before this one uh, comes to a conclusion. I don't know about y'all, but, man, this was a fucking good show. Like, I, I don't have any complaints. Like, before I was, like, nitpicking, and I don't know, man. You guys did a hell of a job. You guys have any last thoughts on what you want to discuss uh, that you have in the back of your, your fucking heads uh, before we close this one out? Go ahead, Brandon. Oh, uh, nah, man, not really. I appreciate you having me on. It was fun shooting the shit. And, um, yeah, I'm excited for the season. I don't know what what's next, you know. Like, 
hopefully, I don't know, we didn't really talk about it, but hopefully your guys' family is all safe and everything with everything that's going on in the actual world right now. But besides that, man, just hoping to eventually get to a place where everything can open back up and we can get back to normal life and we have football and really excited for that. So hopefully that happens. Um, that's my only final statement. I hope you guys are safe and I'm pretty sure we're going to have football, but you know, the scaredy cats are kind of making me a little nervous about it, but how do you guys feel about that? Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate it, man. Uh, my family's good. Uh, everybody's good and safe out here. Luckily, uh, you know what I do, you know, it's pretty isolated anyway. It's just, you know, a family deal and got one other guy that works with us, but he likes family. So we're, we're pretty isolated and, you know, take doing everything, you know, there, there's, everybody's got an opinion and everybody's got all these answers, but, you know, I just playing it safe and not taking chances on silly stuff. I know there's like, uh, four or 500 confirmed COVID cases in my County, but, like that that's most of that stuff is uh there's a lot of them that have already recovered but we're like i said we're staying isolated and i i appreciate it hope hope the same for you guys too that because at the end of the day that that's really you know our families that's the most important thing and you know we we get to talk football we enjoy football it kind of gives us i i call i call them distractions and to get through how hard life can be at times we all need distractions and it'd be nice if that distraction w- would be winning football games and everybody being excited and, you know, maybe having, having, you know, playoff, playoff games and winning playoff games. It, it would be nice to see it, especially with my kids getting older and, you know, everybody in my house is a Redskin fan. So, you know, they can't wait to go. And my, my girls are old enough this year where I'm deaf to, I'm, yeah, man, it was, it was a good show. I enjoy, I, you know, always enjoy talking ball and but you know, think both you guys are, you know, cool ass dudes. Oh yeah. Well, with me, gentlemen, I found out today uh, that uh, originally when this COVID, you know, went down, I was, you know, remote uh, working remotely from home. But the kind of line of work that I do, you kind of, you, you, you need these guys are out. You know, I manage these guys, and we're out doing projects uh, for certain, you know, locations. Um, but when those projects get paused, uh, so does my work. So, um, these guys ended up finding some local work near their homes, um, that they were able to do for the company that we're contracted with. Um, but what does that mean for me? Um, I'm still in charge of these guys and set their schedules and, you know, talk to, uh, managers in their area to, to set up their work schedules. But, Let's be honest here, that doesn't take a 40-hour work week um, to do. So then they sent me out on the field to do some essential working. Um, So that's what I've been doing for the past three weeks. And then I found out today that uh, because there's such a high level of uncertainty, um, we are starting up some projects here in a couple weeks, but they're being real cautious uh, in the event if certain states start to shut back down. Uh, because of cases rise. So uh, if that's the case, most likely I would be laid off, not furloughed. I would be laid off until uh, the end of the year. Um, So for me, that kind of sucks, but also at the same time, I'm not going to drown in my sorrows. 
Um, you know, from my condo fire um, that I've had, I've been extremely blessed um, afterwards. Um, I've taken, I've taken some, you know, I've taken some funds and placed them in certain accounts that uh, will, you know, continue to not only help my kids in their college fund, but also any situations that we run into like this, we're going to, you know, be okay through it all. So, like I said, not to tell you some sob story and, you know, make folks feel sorry for me because I don't want anyone feeling sorry for me at all. Um, it's just a wait and see approach. And I think everyone is faced with this um, approach and hopefully in the end, this all works out for everyone. But I kind of look at the situation right now is I'm alive. My family's alive. I've been home spending time with them instead of traveling out doing, you know, what I've been doing for the past year. Um, so I'm just going to take shit day by day. I'm not trying to freak out about anything at this point. So I appreciate, you know, all the love from you guys. I appreciate you guys taking the time out uh, to do this silly little podcast that we do, um, talking about the shit that we love. Um, you know, I appreciate all of you. And uh, other than that, I've got nothing else except for I'll yell out some HTTR, and we can wrap this one up, fellas. HTTR, baby. HTT to the Redskins, or whatever the fuck that one guy said. Well, what's your your, (laughs) – Hell to the Red – yeah. Well, what's your trademark? I I know you got a registered trademark. Oh, that's HTTR Doe. There you go. No, five. <laughs> I, fucking, oh, I, 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 I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, without that being said, I think uh, we're going to wrap this up. We out this bitch. Peace.